Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 9 of Live and Let Die Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Go Say Sentai Die Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, our precious listeners. Uh, my name is Matt J, and with me as always is my co-host, brother, and guy who's always doing great, Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Glad to hear it. <laughs> Sorry, just leading off strong with the precious listeners. <laughs> So, I just I just value their uh, no. I think that's no. That's really nice of you to say that. Um, they hey. are. They are. Each and every one of you is a precious jewel. Listen, we couldn't do it without them. I okay. In we, the tiara that is, we could do it without Sentai them, brothers. But there wouldn't be much of a point. Otherwise, it would just be you and me sitting in a room talking about Die Ranger, which I would love. But <laughs> the whole enterprise would become much sadder, especially because we don't actually sit in the same room. Just sort of just sitting two in guys. our rooms across town, <laughs> watching things on YouTube and making jokes. <laughs> so thank you all for legitimizing the Enterprise. Right. Uh, so It's nothing without you. Uh, speaking of watching those episodes, today we are watching episode 9. It's titled Don't Be Vain. But before we get oh, into yeah. that, Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? Uh, the first star of the week, Matt, is that I am closing in on the end of another high school musical. Not high school musical, like proper noun. Not like the not film the series. high school musical. Yeah, not the high musical. High school musical. A high school musical. I teach theater, and every year I help our choir director direct the shows. And it's a ton of fun. It's a ton of fun, but it's an enormous amount of work. I think I've been working like. Dude, I don't even know. I get to school at like eight thirty, and I get home. I think at like nine thirty. It's it's crazy. We're doing Guys and Dolls this year, which is great. It's one of my favorite shows, actually. And um, yeah, that's really it. As excited as I am to be doing it, I am also super excited to be done. I am too, because I know that this has been a lot of work for you. And the, honestly, the only reason it's affected me at all is because we actually had to record like four or five of these episodes way in advance because we knew you were going to be so busy during the show yeah yeah we did um, so like the so episodes just now... that came out like three weeks ago were recorded like a month and a half ago yeah something like that i forget and the episode we're recording now will go out i think next week that sounds right yeah so the show will be done by the time you guys are hearing this but yeah it's it's um it's tons of fun the cast is great the kids have been working really hard but I am excited to have my life back a little bit. Anybody who's involved in theater, I obviously will know exactly what I'm talking about. Actually, speaking of uh, musicals, Dave, this is yeah. a star. This will be my sec- my first star, so the second star of the week. Yeah, okay. And I forgot to mention it last time we got together, but I went to go see the Evil Dead musical. Oh, that's right. With some friends a few weeks ago. Yeah, you told me a little bit about it. Not a whole lot. Um, I didn't get to go because I was at rehearsal. Right. It was tons of fun. Um, it's one of those things that's a load of fun, but I cannot imagine going to see it if you hadn't already seen the Evil Dead movie. Okay. Just because it's like... Like it only makes sense if you've already... Right, like he'll say a line and the whole audience will cheer, but it's only because it's a line from the movie. Like, if they had said, this is my boomstick, and I hadn't seen the Evil Dead movie... And everyone around me was cheering. I would just like, be... There's no, there's no setup for anything. They're just like non-sequiturring from one famous line into the other. Yeah, but with songs. And the whole thing's like, ah, remember this part of the movie? It was pretty good, right? That's why we put <laughs> no, it in the great. show. Don't you guys love it when we do the thing that you knew we were going to do? Now let's dance. <laughs> how, how are, they, are there zombies in the dance numbers? I feel like they're like skeletal dance numbers. Um, have you ever seen The Evil Dead? Yeah. Okay, so like there are the the deadites, like the characters who show up in the first act as the okay. like people who all go to the cabin. Got By it. the end of the show, have all. I will admit into, it's been a long time. Well, basically, you know, they all turn into the evil deadites by the end of the movie, which are okay. sort of zombies, except they. I think they laugh a lot more, sort of like evilly. They're sure. not mindless. 
I guess okay, is the uh, I got you. Is the you. distinction. There are probably other distinctions that like real Evil Dead people are like shouting at me through their headphones but <laughs> through the uh, internet. I was always more of an army of darkness band myself, so. No, that's I mean again, I'm just I'm displaying my ignorance here. Army of the Dead is when the next is like the later one, right? Army where of it, Darkness was the third movie. Or yeah, where he like goes back in time and there's like a castle and stuff, right? Yeah, Evil Dead and Evil Dead yeah, 2 okay. are basically the same movie. Like Ash goes up to a cabin. There are deadites. They need to like read from the Necronomicon backwards or something to stop them okay. uh he ends up getting his hand cut off because his hand was bitten and it turned evil right. chainsaw etc and so he got a chainsaw hand and he got a shotgun which was the <laughs> boomstick from the earlier joke right. so but no it, uh, i'm glad that the show went was good that yeah, sounds yeah it was a, lot, sounds of like a lot of fun honestly the only problem with it is that before we went to the show we went to the uh the new cleveland hofbrau house ha- i'm really curious as to how this is going to become a problem but go ahead well, the problem is that they serve very big beers at the Hofbrau House. I think I see where you're going with this. And then we went directly from there uh, to a live stage show where I was tucked in like the middle of a right. row. Okay. Yeah, I can see where that would be really uh, and so very quickly. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I wasn't entirely focused on the production, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer, man. But nah, oh, actually, that how is the Hofbrau House? Is it everything... Is it as good as we want it to be? I mean, I assume it is. Oh, it's great. Uh, have you ever been to the Hofbrau House in uh, Pittsburgh? Yeah, yeah. Basically the exact same thing. I mean, it's the exact same thing. Like, that's kind of the whole point of the Hofbrau House, is that it's the exact same, you know, except no one is speaking German. Or maybe somebody, somebody is, but... Right. The uh, The weird thing about the Hofbrau House in Cleveland, which dis- was a distinction from the Hofbrau House in Munich, which I've actually also been to... Jerk, um, go ahead. ...is that in Munich, they're pay- playing, like, German umpa music... And in Cleveland, it's like a bunch of dudes playing polka music. Okay. Uh, you know, hey, man, you uh, went in Rome, right? Went in Rome, you play a little polka. Um, okay. <laughs> so that's it for my um, uh, second star. Dave, third star. Third star. Um, it was my birthday. It was my birthday actually yesterday from when we're recording this, but my birthday party itself was uh, last weekend. Happy I think birthday. we had it as a star. Thank you. I think we had it as a star last week. Uh, we called it Dave Knocked, and it was a ton of fun. It was a really great time. A lot of friends came in from kind of, you know, parts east. Pittsburgh and farther out Harrisburg. Mark, the editor of the show, came out. Uh, it was it was great. Uh, we read Beowulf. We feasted. We drank mead. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Mark was there. Also, uh, Brian and Tom, past guests to the show, were there. Yeah. As yeah. were and, other uh, people who are great friends of ours, but you, the listener, are not aware of. So Yeah. Um, yeah, at first I was really concerned that uh, – at first I was really concerned that all my friends were going to come – and that only a handful of them would genuinely enjoy it, and that everybody else would just sort of be indulging me since it was my birthday. But I think everybody had a pretty good time. Yeah, it was a great party, man. Polite enough to not say so. Yeah, I had a ton of fun. Um, we had a, a memorization contest, which I was like, yeah, I'm going to prepare for it. And then I didn't. But one of the guys that came, like, really, like, really, really through town. Oh, like, yeah, dude. He went for, he went for yeah, a while. He memorized. I think he memorized like 60 or 70 lines of Beowulf. Well, we had, we had said, we had announced that there was going to be a drinking horn as a contest, and Pete apparently was like, I want that drinking horn. I want it. It's going to be mine. <laughs> and so he did. He memorized like 70 lines of Beowulf. And just for, yeah, it was really great. So it was a, it was a ton of fun. I got a lot of great presents, uh, which I was not actually expecting. Not that I, you know, how to say. You know, you get to like a certain age and you just sort of stop expecting birthday presents. At yeah, least at that from, point, like, some just people. sort of, you know, showing up to the party is the present. Right, exactly. Like, I expect my wife to buy me a present. Um, you know, you and I sometimes buy each other birthday presents. It's not like an every year sort of thing. Sure. Um, but past that, it's really like, hey, you came to the party. It's a great to see you. You brought a bottle of wine or whatever. Show up and have fun. You spent the time brought- to memorize some Beowulf. Right. Which, by the way, I, I did not do. The, the closest I got was a, uh, a, an extemporaneous, uh, recitation of Sir Gowan and the Green Knight, which started, if I recall correctly, 
Hello, my name is the Green Knight. <laughs> Once I went to dinner, and you'll never guess what happened next. <laughs> I think it's something like that. Um, but yeah, people were super nice. People brought presents, and I got like, a video game. And uh, Mark's wife made me a bunch of apple cider, which is like one of my like fresh. Like they had apples, and she made apple cider, which is one of my favorite drinks. And uh, yeah, all in all, man, really a a killer birthday. I, I had a great time. Yeah, it was a lovely time. And actually, another thing that you got, which will be the next star, is yeah. we walked down to a board game store that recently opened down the street from your place. Yeah, um, Critical Hit Games is what it's called in Cleveland. The guy seems really nice, so if you're in the area, I guess. Yeah, it was a nice shop, and we picked up two games. You got... Um, Doomtown. Yeah, the Doomtown. It's the new... It's a, uh, it's a board game from the makers of the people who did uh, Deadlands. Yeah, and it's set in the Deadlands world, so if you know Deadlands, mm-hmm. it is cowboys and Indians and zombies and other sort of horrific otherworldly creatures. I don't... Th- okay, I think I need you, there needs to be like some verbal punctuation in there, because what you said is cowboys and Indians and alien and zombies and other horrible and unworldly creatures. <laughs> so it sounds as though you're just lumping in like cowboys and Indians and ali- like zombies. I keep saying aliens. Zombies like all in the same group of like horrible creatures which maybe we should specify is not that's not what we're saying maybe it's not what you're saying <laughs> dude this is your <laughs> this podcast has got your baby but uh i think we should not say that no no so no, no no uh um, yeah there's some implicit semicolons it's like cowboys semicolons indians semicolons zombies comma and other horrifying creatures that's how that's how that should work if you're up on your grammar uh, so anyway, which great game? Not, I have an idea for a new podcast. Uh, is it called Grammar Girl? Because I think that's taken. Oh, that's right. There is a good. She does do a podcast about that, doesn't she? That's right. No, it would be called Grammar Guy. And I don't know. I lost it. Anyway, so uh, you got the Deadlands game, which was tons of mm-hmm. fun. I picked- it is. It is. There's some uh, unnecessary card playing. You know, like I, I love Deadlands. I love Deadlands from the bottom of my heart. It's one of my favorite RPGs of all time. Uh, there is a little bit. They've got kind of a thing. Like they just they cram poker cards in just everything, and it's sometimes a little bit of a clunky mechanic. But the game overall is really fun. The game is really fun. There isn't. It isn't strictly necessary to make us play a quick game of five card stud in between each round to determine initiative. <laughs> but it's. Uh, it- that's actually one of the parts of it that I find least... Whatever. I, okay, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, so I got so, Doomtown, and you got a I got, fantastic uh, game. Lords of Waterdeep. So you got one based off Deadlands. I got one based off Dungeons & Dragons. And the Lords of Waterdeep is a great game. I played it once before. It's tons of fun. Did you get a chance to play it this weekend? No, we didn't have a chance weekend? to really open it up. Oh, it's really a bummer. It's. I'm really looking forward to playing it again. Absolutely. Uh, maybe next time we get together to record an episode. Yeah, that would be great. We can play a uh, quick game of that. I don't actually remember if that's a quick game. That might actually can, be an all-afternoon thing. you can play it like, fairly quickly. Um, anyway, yeah, guys, Lords of Waterdeep. Super, super fun. There's an expansion. Do you know that? There's oh, yeah. Something about... Um, it's a pirate expansion, right? Man, I don't even know. Anyway, uh, without going too far into describing the game, it's uh, you... You know how in a game of Dungeons & Dragons... You, your party, like, walk into a bar, and there's some guy, some shadowy figure sitting in the back who says, Hello, you know, I have a mission for you to go on. Greetings, adventurers. Uh, in this game, sort of, you play the guy who sends people on their quests. So you're like... It's really... You're like it's collecting... Like really a satisfying experience. Yeah, like, you're collecting fighters and wizards and thieves to, like, into your hand, and then you expend those to complete quests. And, like, take control of parts of the city. It's, it's a yeah, lot of it's fun. It's super fun. Um, hey, Matt. Yeah. So this isn't... I'm sorry. Are you... Are we... Are my, I don't want to cut you off if we're still chatting about Lords of Waterdeep. No, 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 no. That's good. We should probably okay. keep this moving along. So this is... Okay. I'm, I'm going to interrupt real quickly. Um, this is... This may seem like a bit of a tangent, but I, I just got a shoehorn, Matt. Um, I just okay. got a shoehorn. Uh, I, okay. I'm just, going to say go two things. One, it is a tangent. Two, seems like you're really uh, shoehorning this topic in here. Uh, uh, no, sorry. It's sitting, I'm, I'm sitting at my table as we're recording. I'm, I'm very sorry. And I <laughs> never, never apologize. Never apologize for pun of that quality, Matt. Sorry, I just saw it, and I'm, I'm looking at it because it's on my table. I just kind of am glancing around because I have a touch of the EDD. 
and it's shiny so it was intriguing to me um but i i'm really psyched about it does that, does that sound weird? I'm really excited about the shoehorn because I have a pair of shoes and they're really comfortable, but they're kind of a pain to get on. And um, I really love, like, sorry, I really love like old timey stuff that's like, yeah, no, that thing is a great idea. You just don't do it because you're a child. Yeah, and like you spend the I first the 25 years of your life just jamming your heel into a right. shoe. Just jamming your feet into shoes because you're an idiot. And shoehorns have existed. They've existed for so long. If you just, just go to a, a shoe store, you can just ask for one. <laughs> it was like $8. On, I'm sure I could have just got one if they would have just given me one at a shoe store. But I bought oh, no, one. I, I, have a, I have a shoehorn. It's I don't know where it is. It's around somewhere. But the reason I have it is because I got a pair of shoes that don't have laces. They're like slip-ons. Yeah, well, I have the exact same situation. And so when I was at the store, they're like, oh, here's a shoehorn to help you get your foot into. And I just asked if I could take it home. And they said, sure. Yeah, it's such like, why? Why do we do this? This is like, I think we talked about this before when I got a pair of the rubbers, of, of rubber overshoes, like galoshes. It's such like an old man thing to wear. Like, these are my rubber shoes that I put over my real shoes. So they stay nice. But they're amazing. They're so great. Like, I got them, and I was angry at myself that I had gone through the first, like, 29 years of my life without them. Uh, and shoehorns are kind of the same way. Like, why? Why Why did I not have this immediately, ages ago? Uh, sorry, Matt. I recognize that I just sort of jumped in there with that. But it was something that struck me, and I thought that I would share it with you and, by extension, everybody that okay. wants to hear about Die Ranger. Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we call that the fifth star and uh, sure. cut it here oh, I was gonna, for the end of the episode? I was, but I was going to talk about my kitten for like three seconds. Okay. I was going to talk have about a brief it for supplementary star, but we really need to get moving. Okay. Sorry. Brief supplementary star. Uh, I got a new kitten. Um, she's super adorable. Uh, my wife and I's old cat died, which was really, really sad. She died very young of, like, kidney problems. Um, we were super bummed out about that. But we did get a new kitten. Uh, her name is Alice. And she is hella cute. So that's it. A star abridged. Okay, so that is our 5.2 stars of the week. <laughs> um, we are going to take a quick break. We're going to watch episode 9. And we will be right back with you. <laughs> So that was episode nine of Gosei Sentai Die Ranger. Don't be vain. Dave, why don't you hit us with the synopsis? <laughs> well, uh, I am glad. I am glad that we are back to our sort of regularly scheduled Die Ranger. Makes mm-hmm. our lives a whole lot easier. So this episode, they fight a mirror monster and hook up with a peacock. Die Ranger? I'm not totally sure from 6,000 years ago. I feel like that's a pretty fair synopsis. Okay, so we start off and it's nighttime. Yeah. Nightscape over the city of Tokyo. And there are two things that are flying through the air. One. There is a mirror. Okay. I could not tell it was a mirror. It It was a reflective thing that was sort of flying through the air. My notes just say motherboard? Question mark? Because I have no idea what it is. But we see that, and then we also see a uh, a sort of shooting star slash peacock feather. Yeah. Is it a peacock? I just saw the shooting star. Yeah, because we'll see the peacock feather in a second. Right, right, right. But it comes in in the form Oh, I see what you're saying. It looks like a shooting star. We then are about to find out in a moment that it is, in fact. Okay, I follow you. I thought you were saying that the shooting star itself looked like a peacock feather. And I was really confused for a second. No, no, no. It looked like a standard shooting star, except instead of being a um, meteorite. It's a peacock feather. It is a peacock feather. Okay, so shooting star, then spinny mirror thing, then sad animals. We see it was like a parakeet. And some dogs, and, like, they're real bummed out. And I think they get sort of freaked out because of the shooting star. Maybe. I don't know. Like the dogs are barking. They're very... They need to be settled down by the person who is working in the pet shop. I thought it was a shelter at first, but it is... I think it is a pet shop. It's a pet shop, yeah. But, yeah, sorry. They need to be settled down by the person who's working there. Who is Daigo. Daigo. So we do find out that Daigo is not homeless, as you suspected. He is not. He is not. Oh, man. First or second episode. He is not. He, is, he does have a job. He works at a, a uh, I was about to say homeless shelter. 
because I was thinking animal shelter, which it's not. It's a pet store because he gets paid. But Daigo, friend to man and beast. Uh, Daigo has a deep love of animals. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's the best. Yeah. Cares about every living thing. Okay. my uh, And then my notes say we see a peacock feather. So I'm assuming peacock monster. I'm wrong. Because, I, I mean, I already told you in the, you know, synopsis, but I really assumed that it was going to be a peacock monster throwing me for a loop, Die yeah. Ranger. Not not taking that easy, easy shot. I really assumed we were going to have some sort of peacock monster. What we do get is actually far more terrifying. Yeah, it's a really weird creature this week, and we'll get back to that. So, scene cuts. We see Daigo meditating at the seaside, centering himself. By the way, when you say the seaside... It's not one of many seasides. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, According to Die Ranger, I think there's only one beach in all of Japan. And it's the same one they go back to over <laughs> and over and over yeah. again. It's, that, it's a, like sort of a rocky outcropping beach. There's parts of it that have sand. Parts of it are sort of cliffy. But it's clearly the same beach. Yeah, and it's not just in this show. Like That, cli- that like cliffy beach is all over um, Super Sentai. Um, Ranger, at least. Oh, okay. Or every beach in Japan looks identical. Maybe. You know, it's an island. Uh, there's a lot of beach there. But it's all volcanic, right? So, you know, maybe the beaches all have a similar look. I don't know. But regardless, they do not go out of their way to make, to differentiate these beaches. <laughs> right. So he's on the beach and he's meditating. Sort of just chilling out. And uh, he is suddenly surrounded by, like, mist of some sort. I honestly assumed that this was going to be, like, an illusion power thing. That this was Daigo, like, learning something. It's not. No, 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 because that way his illusion power would make some sort of sense. Yeah. That would... And there's no room for that in this show. <laughs> right. So instead what it is, it's a vision that he's seeing. There's mist all around, and he sees a peacock. Like, kind of swoop. Yeah. Out. Like, swoop uh, in from, like, past the cliff face. I did look it up, Matt, um, because I have in my notes, do peacocks even fly? I looked it up, and apparently they do... Kind of. They fly in the same way that, like, chickens fly is what I'm getting from my, like, cursory search of the internet. Okay. So, uh, I call, I'm calling you out, Die Ranger. It's that... a magic peacock. Okay, good point. Fine. It's magic. I don't care. Did I ever tell you about the time that I saw a peacock? Like, like the... not at the zoo? Not at the zoo. No. This is back, um, right after college when I was living in France for a year. Okay. And I had gone to visit the house of this guy, Francois. Hey, okay, just... wait, I just need you to hold it for just a second. Uh, listeners, this was, what would this have been, Matt? Eight, nine years ago? Uh, yeah, 2006, I am just, I'm just, I'm blown away, actually, that there's a story that I haven't heard from your time in France. I'm surprised, too, because the year that I got back, pretty much all that I did was tell people these stories until they got so sick of hearing them. No, no, okay, I, I want to give Matt some credit here. These are great stories. I don't, I, it shouldn't sound as though like they're lame stories and no one wanted to hear about them except him. They are legitimately fantastic stories. But anyway, so you see a peacock somewhere? Yeah. Okay. So here's what happened. Um, we met this guy named Francois at a bar. Okay. He was, did he, like, I love that his name is Francois. It, like, how perfect was it? Was there, like, a beret? Was he smoking? Like, how... Oh, he was smoking. Um, He... I'm trying to remember. At some point, he had a mohawk, but I don't think he did yet. Okay, so... He likes to climb statues. Okay, right um, on. He was, he was this really nice guy. He barely spoke any English, and the other people that I was with spoke much better French than I did. Got it. Um, I think he was trying to, like, hit on one of the girls in the group. And we just sort of befriended him. Like, and we you hung do? out with him like twice. And then he was like, Oh, this weekend, you should come to my family's house and just, and just hang out. Okay. Right on. And so I don't know why. I guess we were just saying yes to life, but we went and visited this dude's house and it was really great. He had like, uh, he had this sort of like, secondary house attached to his parents' house. It was like this old sort of like, farm estate thing okay and the secondary house had like a huge like billiards set up and i'm waiting for the peacock to come into this story and so anyway the next day he's sort of taking us all around his sort of like area of france and he says oh there's this castle like small castle but like okay a sort of regional castle got it i'll go take you to the castle that happens a lot in europe everybody's got 
like there's their castle. It's like, like oh, it's, it's from our there. like fort. It's over there. You know, some duke lived in it right. five hundred years ago. Let's go check it out. So we went, and actually the the castle was closed for the day. Okay. But next to the castle was like what had been their sort of. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me say it again. There was some sort of old house that was right next to the castle that was sort of abandoned. And we missed out on seeing the castle. What we did see was up in the upper windows of this house. It was an old, old house. This okay. was not like a newer house that had been abandoned. Got it. Um, this had sort of been like, you know, taken back by the land a while ago. Okay, got it. Um, but like hanging around in the front of this house were like two swans and two peacocks. Either like in the yard or like up in the upstairs window. Just like chilling? They were just living there. It was insane. Was there any explanation from Francois as to... No, he was just like, oh, go check it out. Because I'm fairly certain that peacocks are not native to France. I have no idea where they're native. They can't be. That's the only place that isn't a zoo that I've ever seen one. Okay, anyways. So, that's crazy. No, I've, I mean, I've seen peacocks at a zoo. Actually, at the at this Cleveland Zoo, if you kind of walk... I don't think they do it anymore, actually. No, they got rid of most of their birds a few years ago. Yeah, which is a real bummer, because the birdhouse was always really neat. But they did have... They would have peacocks that would just kind of hang out, and you could just... They would just walk around. And so, um, yeah, that is... It was really neat. Yeah, but I'd never seen one fly, and so... Uh, it's There's a reason for that. They don't. They don't really fly. They just Unless kind they of are magical. Um, and imbued with a rainbow-colored chi aura, yeah. which this one is. Which this one clearly is. Oh, by the way, uh, peacocks native to Africa and uh, Asia. So France is out, it seems. I'm man. Just a heads up. No, I mean, I believe you that they were peacocks. I'm just saying they must have been, like, they're imported. Yeah. You know or I, mean? I was having some sort of weird fever dream. But I'm... <laughs> I'm right. going to assume they were important. <laughs> okay. Um, so the, like, there's this, from the peacock, we see this, like, shower of, like, rainbow colored chi energy, and it, like, hits Daigo, and he assumes, because he's a rain, die ranger, that, like, it's an attack of some sort. So he goes to defend himself, but he's fine. Like, it's totally cool. Yeah. But he does have on, I think we've actually mentioned this before, but he is wearing, like, fingerless gloves. Which I love, because it just gives me the impression that Daigo is just always ready to deck someone. Yeah. Like, at a moment's notice. He is prepared. He's not going to bother to put something on before he hits somebody. Yeah. It's just, it's always there. Okay, so, vision ends. And then... Daigo's back on the beach. Right. And then that's kind of it. Uh, scene, scene shifts. Just to kind of, like, Tokyo. Things are just hanging out. This is a rare scene in Die Ranger where we see more than just the Die Rangers themselves and children. We do see an adult woman in like a plaid, purple plaid, like it's not a pantsuit. Yeah, it is not working. I don't for even her. think it was a good look in '93. Yeah, it is clearly not working for her. But you know. We'll let be that, that as it may. We'll let that slide. She thinks it's a very She good thinks look it looks fantastic because she sees a mirror and is just checking herself out. Like really this irresistibly drawn to this mirror and just starts preening in it. Yep. Yep. And then and this is this is the monster. Uh and it is. It's really horrifying. We see like the monster or the mirror itself like shifts to like some weird like leathery skin looking thing with a slit in the middle and then a tongue comes out of it like wraps around this woman and then eats her just swallows her up yeah and then her image is trapped on the inside of the mirror and then we hear like it pans back and we hear like a bunch of screams so clearly this mirror monster is eating like a whole bunch of women yeah Uh, and actually little we'll see a image of the mirror and it has like four or five women yeah 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 although the number of screams would have led me to indicate that it was way more than that just la- lazy accounting, lazy accounting on d- cutback, murder basement, just the Rangers. We don't see Kaku yet. He does show up in a second, but he's not there yet. And the Rangers are talking about how this monster is just eating cute girls. Uh, Shoji, and Shoji's hair, by the way, Shoji's the first one to speak. Shoji's hair looking very slick, looking, he's got some pomade going on. He has like a full on like 50s like rockabilly pompadour 
Oh yeah, going. It's, it's pretty glorious. Uh, yeah, it's kind of amazing. Paired with rugby shirt and overalls, which is a little less glorious. A little but... less glorious, but this apparently is Shoji's outfit. We saw him in like the first couple episodes, and he had on like a like a hoodie and shorts, you know, like because he's a boxer. Uh, they've forgotten that he is overalls and rugby shirt now. But anyways, and so Shoji is really upset. He's like. Mirrors are eating all the babes, guys. Like, what are we going to do? Eventually, there won't be any more sweet honeys for me to hit on. Yeah. <laughs> then, in like a really mean moment, uh, Rin stands up, and she's just like, well, maybe I should go and, like, try and trap it. <laughs> the Rangers, I think it's Kazu says, like... Oh, it's Ryu. Is it Ryu? Ryu just delivers the sickest burn. <laughs> Ryu's just like, don't say, stu- don't say stupid stuff. Like, <laughs> sit down. <laughs> and Rin... He's just like, oh, all right, I guess. It's like, guys, come on, Rangers. That would have been a really easy moment. So I guess our previous, uh, our previous thoughts that Ryu and Rin had some sort of burgeoning romance does not seem to be. Maybe, the case. yeah, it does not seem to be holding up. Uh, oh, I will note that we have not seen Ryu's sister again. Uh, nor will we. I okay. Okay. I just wanted to throw that out there. We were curious as to whether she would show up last episode. She's not showing up. So anyways, uh, yeah, I feel like that would have been a really easy moment for the Rangers to be like, you know, Ren, that's probably not a good idea because we are friends and want you to be safe, but you totally, he would totally go after you. If the horror monster would totally snap you up if the opportunity presented itself, but they don't. They're just like, that's a stupid plan, Ren. That would never work. Yeah. <laughs> well, is... you know, they're all unnecessarily cruel. <laughs> right. Well, you know, uh, you know, Kaku is also unnecessarily cruel and, He's their mentor, and so they're, they're right. really learning a lot from him. <laughs> they are. It's glad to see that they're taking these lessons to heart. So, speaking of Kaku, Kaku shows up. Yeah, Kaku does show up, and he's like, this is, what is it? It's the mirror, makeup mirror master? Master mirror makeup? I'm it's a gonna, triple M thing. I don't remember exactly what it is. I'm just going to be calling him the mirror master. Mirror he's master. not that mirror master from the Flash. Right, but... not the good one, but... Yeah, the, yeah, so mirror master. He's like, oh, mirror master... This thing, um, we do jump in. Kazu also mentions that he is worried about the babe. He might actually say, like, he's snapping up all the babes. Something like that. Hey, listen, if I was Kazu and someone was swallowing up Maybe, every woman oh, that's a good who point. had, like, any sort of vanity to them. Because it turns out that's the issue. Yeah, he he's feeds people who are vain. The Mirror Master does, yeah. not Kazu. Although Kazu actually also Kazu's feeds a beautician. on... Yeah, Kazu also feeds on the vanity of women. And so, if this mirror monster eats them all up, then yeah, Kazu's, Kazu's out of a job. Be out of a job. Good point. Good point. Had not thought about that. I'm sure Daigo would be really pissed off if he was eating all like the stray dogs from Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> he would. Ka- Daigo would be upset, but he would be upset because he'd be worried for the dogs. That's true. Uh, okay. So, oh, I would like to point out, mirror master, totally something found in a woman's purse. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we are, are back. back on track. Back on track. Back to women's purse monsters. So Kaku lays them out with this story. Uh, it is the first in many very mystifying steps in this episode. Really nothing makes sense in this episode. This is, this is a real high point for complete confusion on my heart. Yeah, we are back to like prime confusion <laughs> in Dire Ranger. After two episodes of the story made exact sense. Like, now we are right back to it. And I, I okay. beginning to think that the only reason that that story made sense is because it was Star Wars. Right. Left to their own devices, the writers for Dire Ranger could not put together a cogent story. <laughs> so, he says, way back when, Kaku does, he says, way back when, 6,000 years ago, there was a member of the Dai tribe whose name was Kujaku. And it first sounds like the Rangers know who that is, but they don't. And he says, whose name was Kujaku, and she was like... What is it? Like an incarnation? Uh, she was an incarnation of, of a peacock, peacock Buddha, Buddha who, was who was sent to Earth to like alleviate suffering and lengthen life. Yeah. Some, okay. She was also a master of Kenpo. Right. Uh, so the Rangers are like, oh, no way. But Mirror Master somehow defeated her. And then that's all we know of that story is that Mirror Master beat her. That's it. And I assume has, like, consumed her in the way that he consumes all these other beautiful women. Right. Maybe something. We don't talk about if she's vain or not. We just, you know, we have we have no information. But Daigo does have a face as to say, like, oh, this must be, maybe this is connected, which it totally is. 
Yeah, because he's like, oh, you know, peacocks. I just saw one of them. I read, like, that's not a normal thing, but I did. That's cool. So scene cuts. We're done at Murder Basement. We go out. It's just sort of at night on in Tokyo. And uh, the mirror appears. Mirror Master in his, like, mirror form appears. And a dude is looking and is just like, hey, man, looking good. He's, like, fixing his hair and stuff. And uh, we get a moment where we're like, oh, no way. Mirror Master also feeds on vain men because the tongue shoots out. He grabs him. Not true. Turns out that Mirror Master is uh, not an equal opportunity assailant. (laughs) And gets really judgy on this guy. Yeah, he like spits him out. And he's just like, oh, that was a dude. It's just like, oh my gosh, like back in my day, only women like were consumed with vanity. (laughs) And it's this weirdly like... It's like sexist, but I don't know which way it's going. It's, yeah, it's... It's somewhere between sexist and, like, macho dude homophobia. Yeah, it's really weird. He's just like, yeah, I love it when, like, he likes it when women are vain because he uses the vanity energy of their vanity to, like, power his attacks. But, like, when a dude is that vain, he's just like, no way, dude. That's weak sauce. Yeah, so not only is he a a horrific monster, like, he's really not that progressive. All right. Just gives us another reason to want to see him defeated. Right. And I think he might actually throw out a, like, a men today. What the heck? Uh, but Back the, in my day, right. men were men. And, and women, women were, were consumed for their vanity. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, the Goba commanders show up. And they're sort of like, they're chatting with Mirror Master about like what he's supposed to do. And this is where we get a kind of the full drop that he consumes women and like, powers himself with their vanity and uh we do get that mirror master is totally into gara like who was oh, the yeah. female goma commander he's like gara you still have that icy beauty about you and gara is just like shut up this is not how this is gonna work but You're gonna, not gonna take me down like he took down kujiku yeah he does actually she does say like i don't go down that easily which is weird because that's a weird thing for goma to think because they're clearly on the same side this is like the great unrequited love of the Goma. Like, your master's just super into Gara, and Gara's like, no, we're only work friends. <laughs> right. Um, so that's, that's over. That scene ends. Cut to Daigo. Next day, prowling the rooftops, watching over the city of Tokyo, Batman style. But like in the daytime. But in the daytime. So not like, you know what I mean? Uh, not like Batman in that regard, but totally up on a rooftop, like waiting, listening. For the city to need him. And, and the city does need him. They totally pretty, do. Pretty immediately. So he was spot on there. Well, we don't know. Maybe he was up there for like hours and hours beforehand. That's the sort of dedication we would expect to see from a guy as stand-up as Daigo. So uh, we do see there is like a scream and Daigo's like, what? And he sort of looks and uh, he doesn't see anything, I don't he think. He sees a reflection. Oh, that's right. Like, he, he sees does. like the sunshine shining off of Right. So he does see mirror. the mirror. And uh he just assumes that that is the mirror. Runs uh, super fast, actually. Like, he really... Because he's on the top floor of, like, a skyscraper. And then you see him immediately. It's the same woman screaming. So, like I said, he gets down from the top floor. He sees this woman. It's too late. She is swallowed by a mirror master. Uh Daigo, having none of it, just, like, runs over and, like, flying kicks the mirror. And Expecting then... to break it, but... It's Nothing not a doing. regular mirror. It's a 6,000-year-old monster. So he just sort of bounces off. Right. And so so they start fighting. Yeah, the mirror comes down from his, like, just mirror self yeah. into his monster self. And it actually looks really cool. It's like his whole... You know what it sort of looks like is... um, What's the Mega Man guy? It's from Mega Man 2 with the Tornit... Windman? Airman? Airman. Airman. Yeah, he kind of looks like Airman, actually. And then he's got, like, a big circular, like, mirror body. It's actually a really neat costume. Yeah, I mean, he looks like the sort of mirror you see in a museum, not the sort of mirror you see in, like, a salon, Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's a good way to say that. Dude, Mega Man. Uh, I am not good at Mega Man. Mega Man's really hard. It's, I, it's just really hard. I am good at a few Mega Man games. Yeah, I am good at the ones that I played long enough that I just memorized them. Yeah. Even those, I'm not actually super great at. Uh, you know who is actually fantastic at Mega Man is Mark. 
who, if oh, you yeah. don't remember, is the editor of our show. Uh, yeah, Mark has a love for Mega Man that is unrivaled by any other person that I know or possibly have even heard of. Yeah, dude, dude loves Mega Man in a in a very real way. Actually, dude loves all sorts of old. He's like super into like vintage. Oh yeah, gaming. Uh, speaking of vintage gaming, actually, did you you did get Hyrule Warriors, right? Oh yeah. Is it is it good? Oh yeah. I don't need to like hear all about it, but I do. Is it yeah, good? Yeah. I mean, do you like Zelda? Yeah. Do you like Dynasty Warriors? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I you'll do. love it. Okay, fantastic. I'll I'll get over to your place and play it sometime. Uh, so anyways, sorry. So they are fighting Daigo and Mirror Master. Daigo does aura change. I noticed something weird. And that might be true of all the rangers, but you only notice it with Daigo. Because Daigo's the only one who wears, like, short sleeves. You know? Because, like, in, when, in this outfit that he has on, his sleeves are rolled up. Everybody else has, like, a jacket or something. Uh, they do not have the aura changers on all the time. Really? Yeah. Like, you, because you see Daigo's wrists, and he is just wearing gloves. And then he goes, then he goes to aura change, and out of nowhere... The aura changer is like right there. I don't know, man. Maybe he like summons it from a pocket dimension with I his chi. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I have uh, to assume that that's the case because he clearly has it. Yeah, it's but not like, like in his pocket or something. No, but you do. It is not there, and then he's like aura change, and then it just it's there. So it just teleports in. But anyways, so he does aura change. He's like fighting. They, he and Mirror Master have like an old style kung fu movie face off where like they each kind of do like the intro move set for their style. And they're like, ah, lion style. You know, they like recognize each other's styles and they're like, let's see who's the superior. And then they go to fight. Daigo summons his uh, lion staff. Oh, yeah. And uh, he does. a bunch of Kotopotoros show up, and Daigo just lays into them. Yeah, it's really, and we just as, see him go nuts on the Daigo staff. Daigo's style, every time he's got a staff and there's a bunch of Kotopotoros around, <laughs> it's true. One of them is. Gets one tagged. Of, one of them's going to wish that he wore a cup that day. Yeah, that's a nice way to say that. That's a nice way to say that. And this one, he actually, like, he gets his staff, like, vibrating, basically, just. Oh yeah, over and over. It's really, it's not one hit. He stays down there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the other rangers show up. Uh oh, I do have in my notes. It just says illusion versus mirrors. Who will win? But we don't get a conclusive showdown. But it, I felt like we were going to. Like it's a cool matchup, actually. Yeah. Uh, the the fight choreography is pretty neat, and so they're fighting, and then the other rangers show up, and uh, Shoji. Shoji leads in with, like, a flying kick, and Kazu leads with a headbutt. Like, he just, like, jumps beautiful. forward. <laughs> he, like, jumps forward. I think he calls it, like, headbutt dive or something. But you just see him, like, his arms are behind him, like, launching forward. Like, he got shot out of a torpedo tube. <laughs> right. He doesn't, uh, it doesn't do much, but he totally does land the hit. Like, he absolutely headbutts Mirror Master. Oh, yeah. That's the, uh, that's the beauty of drunken style, I guess? <laughs> Oh, that's right. He does do drunken style. It makes a little more sense now. It would have been better if he just like no sober person like a, is just gonna jump and headbutt somebody. <laughs> would have been better if he did like a like a stumbling run headbutt. You know, <laughs> like it just like boom, and then he nails him with his head. Uh, but Mirror Master, he doesn't he doesn't beaten. He just runs away. He's like five on one. I'm out of here. So he just leaves. Okay, so as Mirror Master is walking away, we see some sort of rainbow chi, like, coming out of him. Yeah, because remember, um, Kujaku is trapped inside of him, like all those other ladies are. Oh, so that's, that's right. And that's sort of, like, leaking out. Got it, like got it. For okay. See. Yeah, that Dago's the sense. only one who can see it, because he is the only one who's, like, attuned to that sort of chi. That's right. Oh, and then we have a great moment where Daigo is like, did anybody else see that rainbow chi? coming out of Mirror Master, and the other rangers are like, no. And it's really clear, to me at least, that they're like, Daigo, what is wrong with you? Clearly, you're something is wrong, you're wrong, you didn't actually see that, or if you did, it's, it doesn't mean anything. Which, rangers, man, like at this point, you at this should point, recognize the fact that if, if one of you sees a weird thing, just 
Just go with it. Just go with it. Just assume. It has never once been wrong. <laughs> every time. It's like in the X-Files where like. Right. When Scully every episode is like, no way, Mulder. <laughs> Couldn't be aliens. There has to be a logical explanation. And there is a logical explanation. Yeah, it's aliens. It's that it's aliens. Yeah, it's just like, and have you, they've learned nothing. That's the disappointing part. Is there's been plenty of opportunities for the Rangers to just have a little faith in their friends. Nothing doing. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we cut to the next stage of Mirror Master's plan. And he's doing oh. two things here. Right? Okay, now hold up, hold up. There is, <laughs> there is one spot. We do see Daigo, and he is like meditating, right? And he's thinking to himself, he's like, who could have such beautiful chi? Like, who could have rainbow-colored chi? Like, what could this possibly be? And it's like, I don't know. Maybe the peacock maybe person. The that, one that you saw. Right. That Kaku told you about less than, like, 24 hours ago in the show. Like, that could maybe have something to do with it. Remember before when you saw the rainbow chi washing over you and it's coming out of a peacock? And you found a peacock feather earlier in this episode. And then your boss told you about, like... A peacock a, rainbow warrior. Who was trapped inside of the Mirror Master. And then you saw that rainbow chi. Coming out of the Mirror Master. Maybe those are connected. Who knows? I, Who Daigo, knows? Daigo's got a great heart. I'm beginning to worry <laughs> that he's an idiot. <laughs> So sorry. Now we see the next phase of Mirror Master's plan. Okay, and it's twofold. One, he is wandering down the streets, like, gesturing towards houses, and the people inside who were looking at mirrors, their mirrors explode. Yeah, it's like a... And they, like, cut up their faces. It's like a special attack that he has. And it's like, he calls it, like, mirror burp or something. Man, I don't know. No, no, no. I just, I, he specifically does say mirror burp because later he does it to, like, I mean, later, just, like, now. He does it to a whole building and the rangers immediately show up. And Shoji is like, how is he, how dare he attack people with his, like, burping attack? And I'm like... How did you possibly know that? How is how did you possibly know, Shoji, that he calls that a burp attack? Okay, so here's what I want to talk about: is that he's doing two things. He is breaking the mirrors in people's bathrooms to give them like moderate to severe facial lacerations. Yeah. Or with seemingly the same amount of effort, blowing up a huge skyscraper. <laughs> And it's like, why Why would you just jump to the skyscraper? It's, dude, everybody in this show has, like, a super move. But, like, they, okay, I mean, you know, obviously, they're they're doing the show. They're, like, building suspense. But, like. But there wasn't any suspense built. It's like, okay. It's break like, mirror one, one guy, two guy. Gets face cut up. Break mirror two. Dude gets his face cut up. Break an entire building that explodes into, like, flame shards and of shards of glass and metal. <laughs> Like, this this was all the same scene. Right. Okay. All right. Good point, man. I don't, I got, I got nothing. I have no idea why he wouldn't. But yeah, but Shoji knows about the burp thing, which, uh, which makes me suspicious. I'm just saying. There's no way he could have known. I don't know. Maybe he was watching the TV down in the murder basement that Kaku has trained on every <laughs> single thing that happens in the city all the time. <laughs> Maybe, man. Uh, okay. So, so after that scene, there's no fight there. It's no, because they it's, don't know where the mirror master is. Yeah, he's to, like, just hanging. How to find him so they can fight him. Right. They don't know. So, cut to Daigo chilling on the beach. Same beach. Same beach. Always the same beach. beach. We could just say the beach, and from now on, you could just assume that we are talking about the exact same beach. So, he's hanging out on the beach, and he is trying to, like, hook up with this peacock chi. That is his goal. Like, he's trying to... He's calling out, like, let's do this thing. I don't know, man. Uh, we see the peacock fly out of the woods. It's the exact same footage. Yeah, he has the exact same vision. But this <laughs> Which time... I felt, like, a little lazy, but... Whatever. Listen, we've already talked about the fact that peacocks can't actually fly. Okay. So if they managed to rig it up once to glide, like, I don't think <laughs> just, they were going to get that shot uh, again. Yeah, by the way, it is very clearly not a real peacock. Just, we didn't mention that before, but it is absolutely not a real peacock. It doesn't even, it doesn't, I think, even actually look like a peacock looks. 
Like, I don't know. I think they had maybe like a real rough sketch to work from, but it's not a real. And so they rerun that footage, but this time Daigo is able to like lock into that chi and like magically teleports. Well, I think via that chi to the place where the mirror master is. Uh, my my thought is is that if the rainbow or the peacock, whatever Kuchku, whatever her name is, uh, is there, she can like reach out with her chi and grab Daigo, and that's how she like pulls him there. So oh, he's so there. I thought that he was using it as like a oh, like a homing beacon or something. Yeah. Yeah, that would work. Yeah, he teleports. He catches the rainbow. Right. <laughs> Dio's there. Dio's. Oh my gosh, how amazing <laughs> would that have been if they somehow got? I mean, he wouldn't have been. But dude, Dio. Now it was um. Oh, rainbow was uh. It was. It was. That was Dio. his first. Yeah. Was it, that his first band, right? Yeah, it was Dio and uh, Richie Blackmore. Okay. And two other guys. And yeah, two other guys that nobody cares about. Now I think it was uh, our buddy, a good friend of ours, Josh. Is, uh, is super into metal. Loves it. Just loves it. Loves metal. Uh, super duper into it. And he kind of knows all of this lore that I'm not a real metal guy. And so I don't, I don't really know about it. But he was telling me that apparently Dio left Rainbow because after their first two albums, Richie Blackmore wanted to do songs that were, like, not about, like, wizards and dragons. And Dio was just having none of that. <laughs> right. Dio was like, no, I sing about two things, <laughs> dungeons and dragons. And if you don't want to sing about that, then we are through. And he just leaves. Like, <laughs> Rainbow dissolves because Dio is concerned that they're straying too far from singing about swords and sorcery. Which I just, man... It's fantastic. It's, it's beautiful. Dio was a beautiful man. Yeah. Actually, speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, not like this, like this never comes up, right? But I, uh, I, I was in class the other day in, uh, and one of my students, I look over and next to her notebook, she, it was she had some fifth ed character sheets. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I was like, this is, this actually warmed my heart a little bit. And she, I was like, oh, you know, like, what are you, this is sort of before class. And I was like, you know, what are you, are you playing? And she's like, oh yeah. Cause I knew that we had mentioned before that she played Dungeons and Dragons. And I was like, oh, well, what are you playing? And she starts describing this adventure that they're running. It's like the canned adventure that comes with the starter set for fifth ed. And I was like, no, no, no. What are you playing? Like race, class, you know, what's your right. character? And she's like, oh no, I'm running it. And I was like, oh, what? Nice. I know. And it was, uh, it was really cool. It's like 14 year old girl running Dungeons and Dragons. And I was just like, I was really kind of delighted that not only was she playing, she was into it enough that she was running it. And I thought that was really neat. Uh, you know, because a lot of, a lot of nerd stuff is sort of like, I feel like guy centric. Yeah, yeah, and, it's, and it doesn't it's, have it's, to be. It's becoming less and less that way, which is great. Yeah, and every time I see like evidence that it's becoming less and less that way, and that like it's sort of expanding out, and it's kind of for everybody. It really, I think it's really neat. So I was really jazzed at this, like this freshman in high school is uh, running Dungeons and Dragons. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, so Daigo comes out of the rainbow teleport, feet first, kicks Mirror Master, immediately aura changes. This actually is where I noticed. I, I know I mentioned it earlier. This is actually where I noticed that the aura changer is nowhere to be seen, and then he goes and does it. But he aura changes, and then immediately just drops illusion powers. And so we go into Daigo's like weird, shadowy, smoky illusion realm. Right. Oh, there is a real jazzy version of the opening theme going on in the background. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's nice. Really, there's vocals, but it's very much like the lounge version of the Die Ranger theme song. But where Daigo is uh, using his illusion powers. And so he gets them in there, and they're fighting, and they're fighting. Um, Daigo sort of, like, retreats back into the mist. Mist, yeah. And uh, the Mirror Master just shoots out sort of a barrage in all directions. And then those shots all come back out of the mist. And, and nail him. him. Right. Blows him up. And we find out that the Die Rangers actually have learned something. Yeah. Because they're using teamwork. 
they all come out of the shadows and they're all holding mirrors. Which are color coded. Oh yeah. They've all got like right. it's as though it sort of like came in the packet with their sword and yeah, their changer. But they all have a mirror. There's no explanation, by the way, as to where the other I actually thought they were part of the illusion at first. They're not. They're just there. I don't know. They've got motorcycles. They probably weren't too far away. I just Man. <laughs> just let it go, Dave. All right. Just let it go. So, yeah, at first, and actually, I was a little disappointed that they were there. I thought it would have been way cooler if they were just part of the illusion. But they're not. They're there. But they all have, you know, color-coded mirrors, and they reflect the shots back. And Mirror Master is like, he's like, ha, well, you'll never defeat my finishing move. Like, kaleidoscope attack. And you see you kind of like a bug view, like a bug's eye view. Yeah, basically, like a, it looks like you're looking at the screen through a kaleidoscope. And yeah. There's, there's like seven of them, and they're rotating and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they're like, how will we ever find the right one? But Kujiku is inside. And so she telepathically contacts Daigo mm-hmm. and says, oh, like, I will be, like, marking the one that's the right one with my rainbow chi. Yeah. Daigo pulls out the die rod, I think is what yeah. it's called. Like, they're, like, base level staff. We've seen it before. And he does some little thing. And then you get, like, a, like an arrowhead, like a frog crotch arrowhead at the top of the staff. And he just throws, throws it. it. It, it is his rod arrow attack. Yeah. Which and, apparently uh, can pierce anything, according to the... According uh, to the needless exposition. <laughs> the handy narrator that comes out once every three episodes to tell to you tell what's happening. To tell us about something. So, yeah, he just throws the arrow, and it hits Mirror Master. And, and shatters the mirror. Yeah, and that's it. Goes down. Oh, no, no, he doesn't go down. What am I talking about? He shatters the mirror, enlarging bomb. Because at this point, he is out of fancy tricks and so he right. just wants to step on them <laughs> right so he doesn't care i don't know if he got the memo from last episode dirano yeah they just summon the kaiden beasts dirano forms and dirano just does not like yeah there's not really a fight. there's not even a fight dirano just does not care like near masters like launching attacks like energy shots and everything and they're literally like bouncing off dirano like yeah. he's, he's not even paying attention and then we get the same like just the same, like, callous from Dyrano. Like, he waits till Mirror Master's charging, just so Mirror Master knows, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's not even going to deign to get his sword out first. Just He just wants him to know. And so, you know, cut, cut, uh, you know, ink painting of, like, Chinese landscape painting behind him. Big giant sword attack. Mirror Master goes down. And that is the end of Mirror Master. Um, yeah, that's it. The women are all freed. They show up on the beach. Yep. We weren't at the beach, by the way. No, we were we not, were at, not the at the beach. We were in the city. Yeah. The, we cut to the beach. The women are there. The rangers show up immediately. Yeah. Again, not in costume. They, yeah, they're just chilling. They ha- They care so little about their secret identities that I'm shocked that it's not like an actual plot point. <laughs> We, it could be. We don't know. We never see any of their families, aside from Ryu's sister, which we saw, like, one time for 30 seconds. Yeah. So, they save the women. The women all disappear, basically. Like, the the Die Rangers help them up, and then they're gone. And then uh, Kuchiku shows up. Kujaku. She just appears. On the and, cliff. And uh, on a cliff. And Daigo looks up, and is just like... Is it you? Or is it, are you Kujaku? <laughs> Kujaku gives him a look. It's like, yeah. 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 Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. The rainbow, rainbow peacock. I was I'm... trapped 6,000 years ago. Yeah. You and, and I have, um, the same rainbow colored chi. I like, think. It's... Yeah. Like we have identical chi. And so or I something. was, that's why I can like hook up with you. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, guys, she is wearing. Like, she's wearing everything about her costume is peacock-oriented. Like, she's got, like, a peacock headdress and peacock feathers. And then, like, on her headdress, there are more peacock feathers. She has, like, a peacock sword. Like, it's really obviously her. And uh, so Daigo is like, huh? And she says, as long as you hold the the feather that you found, Daigo reaches back in his pocket, pulls out this feather. Uh, 
and if you guys, if you've ever seen a peacock feather, they're like long. Yeah. They're long feathers. We have not seen this peacock feather in Daigo's pocket before. And when he pulls like, it out, it is pristine. Yeah. It's not like crumpled up. It's not like jammed in his pocket. So I don't know where he was keeping this thing, but he just sort of pulls it out. And she says, as long as you have this feather, I can like connect with you. Yeah. Something or like that. Something. It's pretty vague. I don't know. Again, like none of this makes any sense. So it's the end of the episode and the narrator comes up and says, the Die Rangers have met a powerful, mysterious new person in Kujaku. But is she a friend or foe? <laughs> narrator. You know, I respect that he's trying. I respect that he's trying to create like a sense of drama and mystery about this thing. It's like, no, she's clearly a friend. Yeah. Like, yeah, there like, is no 100%. possible way. At no, no possible way. At no point in this episode was it ever even a question as to whether or not she was a good person. <laughs> anyway. Okay, right, so, Dave, what are your thoughts on the episode? Uh, You know, again, I'm glad we're back. I'm glad we're back. <laughs> I had a lot easier time with this episode than I did the last one. Uh, You know, my favorite part, I think, was the... uh was the old style like kung fu, like the old movie style kung fu lineup where it's like Daigo and Mirror Oh yeah, Master. I always love it when there's like a one-on-one like that. Yeah, that was great, man. I really loved Lo- uh, the introduction of Daigo's pet shop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, low point for me was actually the feather. I thought that was really, <laughs> it was just <laughs> real dumb. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of Live and Let Die, Ranger. Uh, before we finish up here, I want to remind you that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. And if you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things we mentioned on the show, or just talk to us, we're on Twitter at supersentaibros. If you like the show, uh, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, you can just give those to us and it would be great. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week. You are...